This is a podcast by Wellhouse Church, where we talk about what it's like to be a Christian Monday through Saturday, to live as a person of faith in a culture against faith. Let's talk about sex, baby. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, Dang. <laughs> just went right for it. No build up. Just no build up. Right, right, right for it. Right for it. Oh my gosh. Uh, uh, we're not afraid. Um, I ain't scared. I ain't never scared. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. Like, um, the, the whole point of us having this conversation today, right? And what's so funny is we were having dinner with our parents tonight, and um, sex is a regular conversation in our family. Um, our, our house has always been one where sex is a very open conversation. Yeah. And I've I've carried that over into my premarital counseling. Yeah. I tell people all the time, you can have a bad marriage and have good sex, mm -hmm. but you'll never have a good marriage if you have bad sex. Yeah. It's just impossible. Yeah. And so I'm grateful to our parents that um our parents were always a safe place to, to talk ask about questions. Sex. And I, I think about it this way too. Where'd you learn about sex? Mom and dad. Yeah. Like Clayton, they started this idea before um, he got old enough. But for me, I learned about sex on the playground. Yeah. And it's like, little well, freaking time, kid, you the, don't know about sex. The first time I heard the word was on the playground. Right. Yeah. But then I came home and was like, hey, what's sex? And no. they're like, okay, let's talk. I learned everything. Yeah. On, well, everything that a, like a, a six year old a first remote. grader can know. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's like, little kid, you know, no Jack. Right. But, but the whole point of us doing this series is first to say that sex is not bad, right? Um, along with drinking and dancing and all the things, right? Sex has been labeled as this thing that you should not do, right? Yeah. Until you're married, right? And even then, if you've been hearing your entire life that, Sex is bad, sex is bad, sex is bad. When you get married and you start having sex, you still have this weird, like, this Shame. feels wrong. Yeah. When the when the entire narrative, and we're going to do an episode on purity culture, because I do think it has it's a part to play necessary. in this. But I remember I was in seminary, and I had maybe 10 or 12 good friends and of those 10 or 12 good friends that were pastors, married to lifelong Christian women, uh, seven of those 10 or 12 friends told me that even after they'd been married for several years, some of them have children together, their wives still struggled having sex with them because the entire narrative had been, had been sex, sex is, is bad, bad, sex is bad, don't do it. And we're going to do an episode on purity culture. Um, that I think will will be helpful in in that regard because I will briefly say I have a daughter she's four years old do I want her to go sleep with whoever no no absolutely not and that was the goal of purity culture um the route we took to get there was to shame women by saying that their worth was tied to their purity yeah that's the problem yeah that's where we messed it up. Um, 
And so I do think there's a way to reframe that. I've thought about it for my own daughter. Uh, I do intend to reframe that for her. But it is to say, as Clayton suggested, I do think there is a large narrative in the Christian community and culture that thinks that sex is bad. Mm -hmm. And that's just not true. I've heard Christians, um, and I'm, I'm actually going to ask this as a question because I want to hear your thoughts on it. Okay. To me or to the community group? Both. Okay. Let's do that. Um, so if you're not a part of the community group, go to the description. Yeah, Wellhouse Church Facebook page. Join the Let's Talk community group, and we'll, we'll have a conversation about this in the, in the discussion board. Yeah. Um, but I've heard other Christians say, that sex ed in school shouldn't be a thing. Wrong. I absolutely disagree. I think, no, I agree with you. You agree with me. Okay. Yeah. I was like, you disagree with me. Okay. No, no, no. I, I absolutely disagree with that statement. I think that they yep. should teach about sex. I yep. think that understanding your body's anatomically and how to have healthy, safe sex is important for teenagers to know because whether you tell them not to or not, they're going to have sex. Truth is, if you tell them not to, they're probably more likely to do it because you told them not to. Yeah. The other thing I will say is, we were just talking about this earlier, I know a ton of people who were never spoken to by their parents about sex. Yeah. And so if you don't talk about it at school, you're going to learn about it from porn, you're going to learn about it from your friends, yeah. uh, or you're going to learn it through trial and error. Yeah. And so if, if you if you happen to watch porn and they don't wear condoms, you're not going to even think about a condom. No. You're not even going to know what it is. And then guess what? You might end up with an STD, right? Um, Yeah, no, I'm not there. Sex ed should be taught in schools, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. Because that's the other thing. If we think that everybody in schools are Christian and trying to live Christianly, like you just haven't been in a church on Sunday morning. Yeah. Like, no, there are a lot of people there that are not Christian. And whether they're Christian or not, they're doing things that may not be wholesome or life-giving to them, but they're going to do it. Yeah. Because it's what they want to do. Mm. And that's actually one of the things we're going to talk about today is are are we created as sexual creatures? Are humans sexual creatures? Uh, and the answer is yes. Absolutely. absolutely. Um, and it's not... Here's the caveat that I would make to my Christian listeners is we're not sexual creatures as a part of our sin nature. No. We're sexual creatures as a part of being made in the image of God. Yeah. And that's the piece that I want to explore. And I started doing some research on this and I haven't found a book that writes it exactly the way that I want to talk about it. And so um, I might I might be trying to get me a book contract pretty soon because I don't think anybody's really communicating this in the way that I want to communicate it. But no, I, I absolutely want sex ed taught in schools. Yeah. Let us know in the community group. If you're one of those people that doesn't and let me know your reasonings. I see zero reason why it shouldn't be at this point. Yeah. Um, and if you don't think that it should we we don't want to shame you for that. No, I won't shame you. I'm actually curious why you would think that's a bad idea. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so speak freely, um, be nice. We'll be nice. If you're I think, nice. yeah, I think, um, and that's the other thing I would say on, on kind of the be nice thing. 
I don't think there's anything. Hang on. Let me think about this before I use an all-inclusive or an absolute. I still think the statement stands true. I'm going to temper it just because there's going to be somebody. It's like, ah, you forgot about this. Um, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I don't know that there's very much in life that I don't want healthy dialogue around. Sex being one of those. Like, there's no harm that can come from healthy dialogue around sex. Well, let's talk about it like this. We say all the time, if um, it, if God is scared of your problems, right? You know, like, he's not. If he's scared of your questions or if he doesn't want you to ask questions, right? All those sorts of things. Um, we don't believe that, right? Because our God is nope. big enough for our questions, if he's not, your God is whack. Yeah. Our God is big enough for our questions. Therefore, if we can talk about everything with God, we should be able to talk about everything in our community. Yeah, for um, sure. Have healthy conversation and dialogue. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. Yeah, I just, I don't, I don't think there's any harm that comes from healthy dialogue around conversations in general, specifically around sex. Yeah, I think that... I think that where we're at right now in society um, in relation to sex and, you know, this whole idea about sex selling, right? Yeah. Um, I think it's because of the church. Uh, And I think that a part of it um, is due to the fact that it has been, um, how do I say this? Um, so demonized yeah that it has pushed society to a place where like oh those stuck up christians they don't want me to have sex so i want everything to do with sex yeah uh Um, why don't you go ask the church how that worked for him in the prohibition yeah the church was one of the leading voices in the prohibition yeah and all it did was make us hyper hyper alcoholics to the point that the government came back and said, you know, maybe we shouldn't do this. They're drinking anyways. We don't have the jails for them. Let's just tack the, tax the garbage out of this mm-hmm. and make it legal. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't think prohibitionist mentalities in anything ever yield the results that we're looking for. No, I don't think so. And that's the approach. The church is just repeating the cycle that we did with prohibition mm-hmm. now with sex. Yeah. And then it'll just, it'll be the next thing. It'll be... You know, it'll be drugs. Mm-hmm. It'll be LGBTQ issues. Like, w- take your pick, pick your poison. The church is going to repeat the cycles that we've done for generations, in just not having healthy dialogue around it. And I can I can say that because as a student of church history, I've seen it mm-hmm. time and time and time again, and it's just not helpful. Well, what's that old saying that history repeats itself? It does. And I don't want Wellhouse to repeat the history that I've seen in the church. I want us to be a place where we can have healthy dialogue around these things. And that's why we that's why we I wanted to start this podcast. Yeah. Because like we are Christians, we're people of faith, yeah. but we live in a culture against faith. Yeah. And we need to not pretend that that doesn't exist. And we don't need to pretend that we just sit in our Christian bubbles and our echo chambers. Like, no, we live in a world that's against our faith and we need to know how to live within it 
And one way you live in a hypersexualized culture is to talk about sex. Yeah. Um, and, and another thing that not talking about sex has done, I think, um, is, well, I don't think I know this for a fact. It's made people feel shame. Um, for shame for um struggling with it right i mean think about just about every guy that i've known um that is a practicing christian at the moment right Um, who is living a christian life yep just about every dude i've known is a porn addict um just about statistically that would be true and if you're 65 and older listening to this somehow you found your way to a podcast kudos to you (laughs) that you can find your way to a cod a podcasting app but statistically you're even higher Mm -hmm. i think that's the thing is like we talk about this 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 idea of porn and older people are like oh no well, actually, statistically, it's just not true. Yeah. If you figured out how to use a search engine, you can. You more than likely are watching porn. Well, it reminds me of that that scene from Cobra Kai. Remember when um, Johnny Lawrence first gets his computer and he opens it up? He's oh. like, "Oh, there's oh, the internet yeah, on this thing," yeah. and he goes and he clicks on the search bar and he types in "hot babes." <laughs> yeah, hot babes. Yeah, yeah. Like that's the first thing he does on the internet. Yeah. Um. And that's generally what happens. Generally what happens. Statistically, um, more than 75% of children that grow up in America have seen porn by the age of 12. Yeah, that tracks. Um, so because we're not having healthy conversations about sex, um, it makes people curious. Well, and I think... And, and then on top of it, whenever you're curious, you look these things up, you, yeah. you fall into this, this, this vice, yeah, right? And now, four or five years down the road, you're a full-blown porn addict. Because um, you never talked to anybody. Because you never talked to anybody. Yep. And when you finally do, you feel so much shame because the church is like, that's sin. Yep. You're a sinner, right? That's wrong. All you have to do, and this is... This is where I say, you know, I get a lot of comments from people about my being hard um, against fundamentalism. Mm-hmm. I, I'm hard against fundamentalism because it's the tradition that I grew up in. And as the tradition that I grew up in, a lot of the problems that I have have stemmed from fundamentalist positions. And all it takes is for a 12 or 13 year old person to want to have these questions answered about sex that they're hearing from their friends at school. So they go to a computer and they watch porn. They immediately feel shame about it. And we're going to get to the theological reasons that is in just a minute. They immediately feel shame about it. And as a, a Christian that grows up in church, all they have to Google is you know, something about sex in the church or uh, porn and Christianity or something like that. And you get all kinds of crap. <laughs> well, you're going to get really, really judgy crap. Yeah. And and I say crap intentionally. Because it's, it's crap. Their shame is not 
from their desire for sex. No. Their shame is from doing it inappropriately. Yeah. When we talk about it, or when fundamentalists talk about it, the shame is related to the sex itself. Yeah. We as people... Which goes back to purity culture. Correct. And which purity culture is really the only thing in fundamentalism. Yeah. We as people, we as humans are sexual creatures. Yeah. Like absolutely. that is told to us in, at least in my printed version, the very first page of the Bible. Yeah. We are made with, to be sexual creatures. The shame they feel is not because of sex. It's because they found an answer to sex inappropriately. Yeah. And, and gosh, like I'm on a Dr. Brown kick today. Um, I was listening to her podcast earlier today while I was working. Um, but something she talks about is the one of the only ways to fight shame is through communication. Yep. Hands down. Being yep. real and being vulnerable. That's that's what she yep. talks about in her book, right? Um, power of vulnerability. Yep. Right. Just saying, I'm a messed up individual. Yep. Right. I've got problems. Yep. And for me or for you or some other person, right? It, it's whatever. Right. Alcoholism, porn addiction, a sex addiction, right? Love addiction. Love addiction. Yeah. Yeah. Let's not forget SLA. Like that's a thing. Um, sex and love addictions are real. Yep. Um, and, and whatever that is, if you don't have a healthy space to talk about it, that's the deal. You are going to fall into this rut Yep. and you are never going to climb out of it. Yep. For sure. You can't climb out of that on your own. No, it's not something you can do on your own. And and I love that you went there because let's let's talk about this. There from a theological perspective, from a biblical perspective, there there's several places that we could go immediately to talk about this. Okay. And we will throughout the series, but for where we're at right now, all we have to do is turn to the very first book of the Bible. Yeah. In Genesis. In Genesis, you have three three stories. You have Genesis chapter 1 is one story of creation. Genesis chapter 2, a second story of creation. And Genesis chapter 3, a third story of creation. Lots of people, or of, of chapter 3 is the fall of creation. Yeah, Lots of people deal with that differently. This is not the time for that. But everybody pretty much agrees they're, they're three different stories. Yeah, And in Genesis chapter 1... On the sixth day, as it goes in the story, this picks up in verse 26. Then God said, let us make humankind in our image, according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle and over all the wild animals of the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God says, excuse me, let us, plural, make humankind plural, in our, plural, image. Yeah. Okay, cool. So we got the first basis of the Trinity here. We've got a plurality of humankind here. Like, we got lots of pluralities going on here, right? Yeah. Verse 27. So God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them, plural. Male and female, he created them. Yeah. So right away. Like, we don't have any of that Genesis 2 stuff here where God makes Adam and then Adam's lonely and then he makes Eve. Like, none of that. 
Yeah. He makes them in his image to be male and female. Yeah. The male and female are both made in the image of God. Yeah. Just because it says in his image doesn't mean that females are not made in the image of God. Right. Like they together, their wholeness, their unity as male and female make up the image of God and his unity and wholeness. Yep. 28. God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. What was that? What, 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 what were those words there? Read them again. Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Yeah. yeah. Um, do I, I dare say I need to have a biological conversation here about how humans are created. Yeah. No, God tells them as the first commandment to humans have sex. I just thought about a thing. Okay. And it really bugs me. Sex has become known as the forbidden fruit. Right? You, you've oh, heard has that. it? You've heard that. You've heard people talk about sex as the forbidden fruit. Like, including the metaphor of Genesis 3? Well, just taking that metaphor and applying it to sex. Uh, well, that's terrible. Yeah, you've never heard that? No, that's heretical. Oh, absolutely. But that's where I'm going. Yeah. Right? That, like... No, 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 not saying that that's what the Bible is saying. Oh, got you. Okay. That people are just like, oh, well, people um, can't have sex, and therefore it's kind of like the forbidden fruit, right? Like, Oh, um, no, I've never heard that. That's a terrible argument, though. It is a terrible argument. But the the fruit of the tree, right, mm-hmm. in, in, in Genesis, mm-hmm. is the from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Right, uh-huh. and in in the narrative, that's what it is. Yep. Um. So if if we start talking about sex <laughs> as that, <laughs> yeah. Um. You're just wrong. Yeah, it's just all it's all in the dialogue. You're, you're just wrong. Yeah, sex is not bad. It's not something we're told not to not do. to have. You're told to do it appropriately. Told to do it appropriately. That's the thing, and so. But the, the piece that I really want to point out here is that God's first command to Adam and Eve, the two creatures he made, male and female, is to have sex. Yeah. Like, first and foremost, we are sexual creatures as human beings. And, like, and, we, and we, can't, we can't be afraid of that. No. Um, and I, I don't know if we might eventually talk about this on a later episode, but something that you and I were talking about the other day is for Paul, it kind of seems like the only reason to get married is to have sex. Um, he at least says, I wish none of you would get married, but if you can't control your passions. Yeah. Meaning if, you can't control yourself sexually. If you can't not have sex, get married so you can have sex. Yeah. Um, that That's the caveat that Paul gives, right? If you can be single, be single. Yep. But if you can't, if you get can't, married. Yep. If you can't control yourself sexually, get married. We will talk about that text moving forward. But 
it it does seem to be at least to me that sex in and of itself isn't the problem god designed us to be sexual creatures absolutely the text goes on at the end of the second account so at the end of genesis 2 we get um the story of Adam being made and then, then Eve being made from Adam. And Adam says to her, this is verse 23 of chapter two. This at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. This one shall be called woman for out of man. She was taken. Therefore man leaves his father and mother and clings to his wife and they become one flesh. Unified. Um, connected to try to keep this not having to be the explicit label. Like, right. they're one. They're connected. And, and think so about once, that anatomically, how that works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good way to say that. Like, we are made, we are created as sexual creatures. And that's even furthered by the last verse of Genesis chapter 2. And the man and his wife were both naked. Mm-hmm. And they were not ashamed. Yep. You see, we talk about it all the time, but guilt says I've done a bad thing. Yep. Shame says I am a bad thing. Yep. That's the problem of purity culture. Yep. We're going to do an episode on that, but purity culture tied a woman's value to her purity, her virginity. Yep. Your value is not in your purity, your virginity. Like you are valued as a human being. Now, and, Absolutely, I'm all for the feminist perspective on yeah. this. I don't, I don't want to forget the dudes though in this. Um, dudes weren't a part of it. Dudes were not a part of it. I don't care who says anything. I, I grew up in a church about purity culture. That was about purity culture. They did promise well, rings, all those types yeah, of things. Yeah, 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 like yeah. all those things were there. I remember going to the beach. Yep. Women or youth girls. girls were told they could not wear two-piece bathing suits. Mm-hmm. And if they were going to wear a two-piece, they had to wear a t-shirt over them. Yep. Not white. Yep. But dudes could take their shirt off. Yeah. Um, or for that matter, even wear a Speedo if they wanted to, I guess. I don't know. It I was mean, never, there was no... It was never talked about. It was never brought up. But like, right. dudes were not a part of purity culture. Not in the same way. Um, I do think that there is a part to talk about with guys in purity culture, though. Um, because I do feel that, and I have known guys who have expressed this to me, so I'm not just spouting crap off here, um, that the reason that they originally, they have decided not to do this anymore, but the, the reason that they decided so early on to not have sex until they got married was because they felt like they would be shamed by the church. Um, there's a piece for guys in there too. Maybe. Um, um, that may be true for a few people. Depending on what tradition and what church you went to, right? Yeah, Standards are going to be different across capital C church. Yeah, um, that's true. I will also say though... 
Yeah, I'm much more given over to the feminist perspective on this. And I, I am I too. See that, but because I remember hearing a ton in our fundamentalist tradition, yeah, boys will be boys. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. guys were exempt from purity culture. Like it, it was not a thing in there the tradition may, we grew up. That's in. what I'm saying. There may be exceptions, but they are the exception. They're not the rule. And I don't want to minimize the feminist perspective. Yeah. I'm not trying to minimize yeah, yeah, yeah. the feminist perspective either. Please don't. Yeah. take this as that because. Fundamentally, purity culture was oppressive to women. Yeah, that's what it was. I will never say otherwise. Yeah. But purity culture has created problems for men and boys as well. Um, Yeah. Yeah, fair. I'm not going to say it couldn't have. I will heavily caveat that with there are going to be fewer and far between. but, But let's even think beyond that. Right, like by having the idea of purity culture, um, you don't have a space, a safe space to talk about sex, even as well, a dude. Well, but that's the problem because, and that that's the point you made earlier. In Genesis chapter two, we're told they're naked and unashamed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. At three, when they sin, they automatically they automatically feel, feel, shame. feel shame and they cover their nakedness. Yeah. And they hide themselves from God. But then they begin to have a conversation with God. And it becomes a different thing. God's first question is, who told you you were naked? Yeah. Like, whoa, you, you've created a narrative for yourself that you, didn't, you weren't supposed to know because we didn't have healthy dialogue about it. Mm. Who told you you were naked? Hands down, the purpose of this podcast and to every point we've made is first and foremost, humans are made, created to be sexual creatures. Yes. Second, there needs to be healthy dialogue around the conversation of sex and sexuality. Yep. If both of those things are not acknowledged, you're doing sex wrong. And you're talking yes. and teaching about sex wrong. If if sex is bad or sex is a product of sin, you have a faulty view of the image of God. Absolutely. Um, let's remember, um, first, for the people that are on our side of this argument, um, that maybe the people on the other side haven't been through that part of their deconstruction yet. Um, yeah. So let's help them through that. Yeah. That's the po- that is another point of this. Yeah. Is to give you resources to get to give you another way to think about this. Yeah. Fair point. Um. And if you are on our side of this argument, you take this to the people that maybe haven't quite gone through this part of their deconstruction yet, and you can help yeah. them through this. Yeah. For um, sure. Because I do think that there's not a lot of things that. I will say is just wrong. Um, there's there's not a lot. Um, you're a better person than I am. <laughs> I know. <laughs> there's a lot of things I will say you're <laughs> flat wrong. Um, there's not a lot of things. I, I am very... I am probably more postmodern than my brother here. Um, no, I think I'm more postmodern. You're more nuanced. Because postmodernity would say it's it, it don't matter what you think it's about what I think. Oh, I guess that's yeah. Fair. yeah you're more nuanced. I'm probably I, more. I postmodern. guess that's fair. Um, but so 
let's just think about this for a second. The idea of purity culture stifles women. It stifles conversation. Um, and therefore, by believing that humans are not supposed to be sexual creatures, you are stifling humanity. Um, so I am going to straight up say that this is wrong. Yeah. This needs change. Yeah, I think this this episode's taken a direction to where it seems it's more about purity culture, it and has. it's it's not. It's not. We're gonna to do be. an episode about purity culture. Well, oh, and we will still have more to say that you have. There's a lot more to say about it. It's not about purity culture in this episode, but I do think Clayton's right in that the way that the church has approached the conversation around sex and sexuality, I'm confident saying is just flat wrong. Yeah. There's a much better way to do this and have this conversation by starting from the basis that we as humans are made as sexual creatures and it's a good thing. It's yep. a God divine image thing. Yep. It's not a product of your sin nature. It's not a product of the fall. The story, the narrative is they were made to be sexual creatures before the fall. Sex is not a product of the fall. We are made to be sexual creatures. It is a good thing, and we just need better dialogue around sex. And let, let, let me leave you with this because we're running a little bit longer than we typically like to. Um, sex done appropriately is a form of worship. Um, yeah. So take this into your marriage. If you are married, yeah. take this into your marriage. Think yeah. about sex done appropriately as worship. So when you, when you talk about worship, that's a good point because, and I do, I do have my intention to do an episode on how sex fulfills our relationship with God and those types of things. And I know it's nuanced because you know, we're called to be single and those types of things. But but if God commands Adam and Eve to be fruitful and multiply, then they are outside of God's will if they choose not to do that. Mm-hmm. If, if God's command is to have sex and God is the author of life, and so he will deal with the conception piece of it, then our job is to obey the command of God to have sex. Like, it is done appropriately, as which we will continue to talk about. Sex is an act of worship, hands down. 